Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Kranz. And I am not. <laughs> Who am I? Oh, uh, you guys are hilarious. Hey, uh, Ken, how are you today? I'm all right. Chip Chantry. What's going on, Chip? We have Kahuna behind the boards. What's going on? Kahuna, uh, I'm going to introduce our guest, but then I want you to introduce the topic and I want you to tell the people what you did last week when we discussed the topic. Okay. Do you remember or do I, or do I have to embarrass you? you? I think you might have to embarrass me. I'll do it. Well, our guest today is a very funny comic, a really good friend, and the host of the DBS podcast, Sergio Chacon. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. A.K.A. the Portuguese Rattlesnake. The po- I like you- the new name you gave me. <laughs> you just found out you were Portuguese. Yeah, man. I went on 23 and me, and to my dismay, it turns out I'm like 98% Portuguese, and it bored the shit out of me. I immediately fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you want some like strong characters like African or Russian, nothing, just Portuguese. Well, you I'm might. A product of, you I'm might... a product of, of, of some bullshit, man. I call myself Puerto Rican. Turns out I'm Portuguese. Uh, Ken actually did his 23andMe. It came out he was uh, 58% Epcot. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, it's fun until you find out there's some shit that's like, oh, this is it's not very exciting. I got I, I got a very boring one, like not as Irish as I thought. Very British, like French, German, you know, Belgium a little bit. Like it's just I'm just scattered all over and in nowhere. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We're, we're all a bunch of frauds, because the thing is, Chip, you're going to you're going to attend the Irish Day Parade. With a clover tattooed on your cheek. Yeah. You know, drinking, you know, Guinness and you're going to be playing it up. But no, you have 50% at, at most. And me, I'm going to be at the Puerto Rican Day Parade with a uh, with a snake around my neck asking people, hey, you want to touch my snake? And I'm going to be selling nutcrackers, but I'm a fraud. I'm not a Bronx native Puerto Rican. I'm Portuguese. I should be carrying baskets of, I don't know, churros for sale. Yeah, you, sh- you should be selling paella. Yes, I I actually did. A, I did a 23 and me and it. I didn't know this. It turns out I'm 75 percent that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and we're cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Kahuna. Uh, I'll by, the way, that, by the way, uh, that wasn't a 23 and me that you got. That was just a T-shirt. You got a wild. <laughs> at, at the Wildwood Walmart. That was overly expensive. Oh my God. We are. uh Kahuna, can I can yeah, I embarrass you? Yeah, go ahead. You, you can embarrass me because it's a great story. <laughs> so we're talking about Kanye West today. And last week, uh, after we had scheduled the appointment, I said to Kahuna when we were in studio, hey, next week, I hope you're here because we're doing Kanye. And he says, West? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, the other Kanye, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Kanye Johnson. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He played yeah. bass in the Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a drummer for the Toadies. <laughs> he wishes. Yeah. So, so are, are, are Kahuna, are you excited that it was Kanye West? Yes, I was. Would there be, <laughs> would there be a better Kanye that... Uh, a, Deeper Are there any other Kanye's in music? I don't think there's any. I've. It's a name that I've never heard. Uh, with Until anybody. Kanye came around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. Do you think kids? You think people are naming their kids Kanye now? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, they have to be. I'm sure. There has to be a thing. Um. Did you got Sergio? You watched. Uh, you watched the Genius documentary. I did, and I enjoyed it very much. And I'm sorry, I was just—I didn't want to butcher it, but I believe Kanye, the night, the name, uh, the definition for that name is the chosen one. Am I mistaken? He said it on the. He on said the it's like it's it's something the like only the only one, one or the, the only one. one. Yeah, right. The only one, the original one. The yeah, it was like if it's. I, actually, you know, I, I think I think it actually is. Uh, I, I remember this because I just watched it. It's uh, kind of, it means seventy five percent that bitch. I think that's what it is. Oh wait, no, that's Ken. That's Ken. Never mind. That's Ken. That's Kanye. <laughs> I, I, I do like that name, by the way. I've always liked the name Kanye. But when he first came out, they used to butcher that name all the time. They will call him Kane, 
They would call him Kanye, you know, but, you know, I like Kanye. I wouldn't name my child Kanye. Um, I decided to go with Hennessy. So. <laughs> nah, man, Yee would make a great kid's name. Yeah. Yee. Yeah, it's a dope name. Kanye is a dope name. <laughs> um, I thought that this documentary came out at the perfect time. It's on Netflix if you haven't heard. It came out at the perfect time because Kanye has turned into uh, such... I'm a fucking monster! <laughs> he's, he's turned into such a punchline and such a caricature of himself that I thought this documentary came by and reminded people what the big deal was in the first place. A, he was just sort of, I don't say normal, but like just more down to earth sort of a regular guy up and coming and also super talented, but not just with all of this. Not with the Kardashian stank on it. Like, I think that's what it is. It's like you get in the world of the Kardashians. You're not coming out. Correct. The other on the other side. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, Ken, it couldn't have come at a better time. It really humanizes him. Yeah. And, you know, which makes me believe, are we the fools? Is this all staged? Like, part of me believes that. I do believe he's mentally ill, no doubt about it. But with that being said, does he have enough tact and uh, promotional savvy where he's, like, just placing this all at the right time? Because he's beefing with Pete Davidson. He's dropping an album. And then the, the, the Netflix documentary drops. And he's he's been notorious with this sort of, like, these antics. With, and following it yeah so i'm just not sure but but I'm, there's no doubt about it he is mentally ill it's unfortunate that under in the documentary that you see like a slow decline you know with his mental stability mm-hmm. but i love the young kanye and i like the old the, the, the new kanye but the young kanye when i was watching the documentary holy shit does time go by so fast because he's on broadway where i'm i live like a mile away from there at maybe even half a mile. And so all these record studios are on Broadway and you can see him with his backpack on. And he was a well-known producer just trying to get his shot as a lyricist. And to see that hunger and that belief in himself, because he was documenting this, not fully, I mean, I guess he fully knew he was going to be who he was, but imagine how silly it would be for anybody else to have a, a camera following them and failing back to back, but just knew that they were going to make it. It makes it very special. Yeah, that, that was the thing that got me, too. It's like, who is he? And like, I would never want somebody to film me doing anything, following me around, especially at the beginning of my career. And he was just like, no, bring it on. I mean, and just I mean, it was. And of course, he signed a Rockefeller. But just that footage at the beginning where he just went into the studio, went into their offices and started playing the album for like random people in their offices, and they're just trying to get go about their day. He's one of the most embarrassing <laughs> things I've ever seen in my entire life. It was awesome, but I will yep. say he was already a well-established producer. Like, I right. mean, he was high up there. The thing is that no one knew him because no one knows who producers are. They don't right. really have a face. But he was so. I guess that that assisted with his confidence. Sure. You know? I, th- I think it was a double-edged sword because the producing gets his foot in the door with all of these uh, with all of these other artists, but then he gets pigeonholed as a producer, mm. which doesn't make a ton of sense because it's not like there was no precedent for a producer. Like, look at Dr. Dre. Like, that dude was yeah. producing and rapping, and he was huge. Right, but Dr. Dre always, it was known that other people will write lyrics for him. He was never, oh uh, yeah. He never wrote his own lyrics. He had Jay Z write for him. He had Ice Cube write for him. He had Snoop Dogg write for him. And he that was well known. Yeah. Okay. Kanye, on the other hand, would watch a complete whole album by himself on the production side, on the lyrical side. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was super. It was almost inspiring to see somebody have that much belief in themselves. And it was clear. You could see people's reactions around him. Like, they didn't believe it. I mean, he, you know, it's like he even gets signed. It's like Chip said, like, he gets signed to Rockefeller, and then they won't even put the album out. They won't even release any money to him to make the album. He's he's, And yet, he took it upon himself to keep going. 
he did death poetry com- uh, death, po- death poetry jam yeah with uh what was it most deaf or common was yeah most, yeah yeah i mean that's you know he he made he, he got on mtv all by on his own and you see the relationships that he's cultivating during this time he was hungry and he was uh you know created these relationships and pulling the trigger on it were you uh were you a big fan of his music sergio when he came out Yes, and I still am. Yeah. So I knew him, I knew of him from the, I first heard about Kanye West when he produced the Blueprint, Blueprint. album, which is mm-hmm. one of Jay-Z's best mm-hmm. albums. It's a it's a classic. And uh, I was like, yo, who produced this? It has such a soulful uh, sound to it. And it was just really good and original. And Kanye West's name kept on surfacing. And then shortly after that, you would see him in interviews with his protruding jaw, backpack, you know? And, uh, and I was like, this guy's interesting. And at first, I, I personally, I, I was like, where does he fit in? Because he was kind of like a backpacker rapper, but he, he had like some swag to it. And what I mean by a backpacker rapper, that's like the likes of like Talib Kweli, mm-hmm. Mos Def, you know, uh, Immortal Technique, those sort of guys. But then he had like the swag where it was like, like a little bit Jay-Z-ish. And I was like, this is interesting. And uh, I'll be honest with you, the College Dropout is not my favorite Kanye West album. I, just, I like Graduation. I like my beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy. And there's a whole other host of albums that I like way better than the first one. But a lot of Kanye fans hold on to that first one to their heart. But it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, it was... I I, I liked... I'll be honest. Like, I... I stayed with him for a few albums and then uh and I think right up until uh, I loved 808s and Heartbreak um which I don't you don't hear And that's a totally different type of album too. It was to, it was very it was super experimental. There was like a lot of uh electronic sounds on it. Um which I that's why I love about him as an artist. Every album sounds very different from the from the last album that's i mean he really is and i use this a lot i got this from CeeLo green this term like courageously created it really is yeah mm-hmm. i mean where each and every album is different from the last which is which i which is one of my favorite things for any artist to do absolutely i mean if if you're if there's certain bands it's like all right this is there's certain artists. It's like, this is your sound and you're really good at it. And that's what you stick to. And that's what people want from you. You know, like ZZ tops, never going to put out anything other than what they do. Right. Uh, but there's other artists that just, they want to grow on every single album and, and they'll swing. And even if they miss at least, at least they're trying something different, uh, you know? Uh, so I, I did always like that about him. Um, you also see in in this documentary you you see a dude with drive like I, I don't you can't name too many people that that have it. Yeah, and he was confident enough where it wasn't a turnoff to me. I was I I got it you know, and I believed it. Yeah, and I'm not I, I'm not and, and I'm not saying that because I know what he's become right. Like we know where he made it to. I just it didn't come across as a, it didn't turn me off. And I also think that what inst- what instilled that confidence uh, really made me happy. And that was his mother. Like the relationship with his mother was oh, so was beautiful amazing. and so touching and so refreshing that I would I couldn't help but to like him more all over again. Yes. Because he became a little boy that was listening well. And I don't think he listens well. I think a lot of artists don't listen well. Like like, he was, he listened to his mom. She, she made an analogy about being a giant and being able to always look in the mirror and keep grounded. And I'm butchering that. So I'm not sure how she worded it, but it was beautiful. It was touching. She almost kind of foreshadowed or you know, had yeah. an idea yeah. of how big he was going to be, and to always remain grounded and humble and uh, and relatable. You know, don't right. lose touch. And with that, that was that point of the of the documentary where he came back to Chicago. He kind of got all these accolades, and then he had that diss track, and then it just totally you could just tell he wasn't in a good place. And then they went to see his mom, and he just 
that was the most human that I saw him. That and when he went back to his old house was just yeah. You, you could just see the, the the child he was. Well, you know, you know what it reminded me of. Uh, you know what the parallel for me was like when. So it turns out in hindsight, his mom was the one that kept him as grounded as Kanye was capable of being, you know? Yeah. Um, And then when she died, there was, it was like the governors were off. There was, there was nobody keeping him in check. It reminded me of a young Mike Tyson when Mm. Customato died. Because when 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 Cus was alive, he was uh, Tyson was respectful and uh, humble and just wanted to put in the work. And then when that dude died, he just went off the rails and and gave into the you know the the worst impulses. And um, I think this I think it, Kanye reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, I yeah that's a great that. that's a great comparison. I did that for you, Sergio, because you're you're a boxing guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Lennox Lewis, you know conqueror. I'm a conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that had me was uh, what, what's that dude's name? The the happy dude. Uh, oh, Farrell. Uh, yeah, Farrell. Farrell Williams. When he's when he's telling Kanye, like, hey, you know. Stay hungry. Always keep that hunger. Never believe what they never when they tell you you're great. Never believe them. And when they tell you you suck, never believe them. And if you keep this hunger that you've got to get this first album out, you're going to be fine. When It's like when rappers have to sit you down and be like, you're a little too braggadocious. like, (laughs) Like when rappers are like, you're a little arrogant. It's like that's what the whole that's what the whole culture is based on. Yeah. That's like walking yeah, in, having I mean, Keith Richards at your intervention. You're like, uh, uh, all right, maybe, maybe I need to rethink things. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love that they captured that. Yeah. So his, his uh, way of being, you know, an egomaniac and, you know, somebody considered a narcissist. I mean, it, it, it gave birth. The results of that was so pleasing. As fans and as as the audience, right? Because he documented this shit, like these interactions with Pharrell Williams. That's like, you know, I mean, it's almost like you can go into a comedy club and, and, and going up to Greg Giraldo and interviewing that first interaction with him, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. it, that's what they, they what he was doing. And, and granted, like he had some shit already that he could go off of, but you know, just the response of Pharrell, who's you know, he is the man. He like walks out the room. You know, comes back with that. He was like, "Man, that shit is fire." Yeah. It's you know, with, with Jay Z, how Jay Z, you know, was just listening and it's like, "Yeah, that's, that's that's some fire." You know, it's like good shit. Um, I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell in that moment though. I couldn't tell if Jay Z was being honest or if mm. he was a little bit like, uh, uh, "Get this fucking guy. Why does this guy keep asking me how great he is?" Get him. You know, I I couldn't tell if that was Jay Z being honest or pandering to him a little bit just to and, and, and he had reasons to pander to him a little bit because yeah. his production was so tight yes. like, let me just yes this guy to death yeah. so I get another hit album from him mm-hmm. right it was kind of weird right every time Kanye would walk by you know the uh the like the third tier rappers would be like yo give me a beat <laughs> like walking by <laughs> yo give me a beat <laughs> they, they had no tact or finesse they would just see him in a in the the Rockefeller hallway. Yo, when are you gonna give me a beat? Yeah. <laughs> and Kanye's like, I can't. I'm too busy playing this album to the water cooler guy. <laughs> Chasing him around. I I still remember there was I, at, in college. It was my freshman year, and I was in this dorm, and there was a guy. It was this white guy, and he was freestyle rapping to this girl that he really liked and she wasn't having it and she was basically just walking around her dorm like trying to get stuff done and he's like freestyle rapping at her and she's just looking at me like give me i like get this guy away from me but he's really trying so hard and it's literally the most embarrassing thing i've ever seen and i that footage just brought me right back to that moment of like this is this is horrifying like imagine just going into like the offices at the comedy store 
and just being like, guys, guys, here, I, I got a new joke. Let's check, check this out. Check this out. Like that's that's how horrifying that was. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I mean, I think they were feeling Kanye. I mean, I think they were busy. Yeah. You know, like there was that that, that young black girl with her hair in a ponytail. She looked like an intern. Her energy, yeah. and she was looking at him, and he was going in, like he was passionate about it. And he said, he said that line where uh she couldn't afford a car, so she named her daughter Alexis. Alexis. And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> like she was feeling that that lyric, you know. And like it took a while for them to warm up to him. And that's the thing about, and I say this about a black audience, because even as a comic, they're not gonna give it to you quick. So no. even like, you know, like I like the fact that they gave him a little shit. They looked at him a little cold, like, what the fuck are you doing in my face? <laughs> and what they, you know, they weren't giving it to him. But I think the the all the office interactions, they were feeling it a little bit. They were still busy. Yeah. They wanted to yeah. get back to their shit, but they weren't quite like the kid in the dorm room. Right, right. <laughs> Which, by the way, I can only imagine that girl trying to clean up her door, dorm room and why her her admirer is uh, freestyling, her vagina is just drying up and crumbling, falling down <laughs> her, her lady's vagina. <laughs> I'll never forget that moment. It was just, it's, it's, please stop what you're doing. And I oh, remember God. the guy, I, I didn't know him well, but I also remember he was like this amazing piano player, like classical, brilliant piano player. It's like, dude, stick, stick to what people are enjoying, man. Like, how do you, how are what was you not it, what, what was his, what was his name? It wasn't Marshall. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yes, yes. He was the Eminem show. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember what his name was, but, uh, well, yeah, well yeah. Chip, you sharing that story brings me back to 1999, 1998, where I was getting a gorilla tattoo. And I'm sorry, Ken, if I mentioned this on the last podcast, because it is a music podcast and I may have mentioned the story, but I'll come, I'll, I'll shorten it. I was getting a tattoo on who walks to the door to do an interview in the tattoo shop, Eminem. His first single, My Name Is Drop, and I wanted to be a rapper, but I was a rapper who couldn't catch a beat. <laughs> so imagine me same grill except my beard looked like a do-rag string it wasn't a full beard it was like a little string right I had a do-rag string beard I had hair so I looked like one of the monkeys remember the monkeys the bad they combed yes, the hair down and I had a, 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 a little scully on worn like out of BC from Oz to the side yeah, <laughs> I have done gorilla tattoo, <laughs> and I asked him. I went right up to Eminem. I said, "Yo, you want to battle?" And he like scoffs, like, "Uh." And his bouncer comes up to me, and he goes, "No, no, no." He's saving his voice for later. And I was like, I go back in the chair, and I'm telling my tattoo, "Yeah, he don't want this work." <laughs> <laughs> and your tattoo, your tattoo artist is like this Portuguese son of a bitch. Like he, knew, <laughs> he knew twenty years ago. Oh man! Hey, do you it think? It's not embarrassing. That was only twenty five years ago. I still look in the mirror like. What? By, by the way, speaking of embarrassing, I was in Portland at at Helium in Portland a bu bunch of maybe like eight years ago, and I was opening for Dave Chappelle for a couple shows. He was coming. It was right when he came back, and he was coming through, and I opened for him for the week, and he was great to me. And we're hanging out, and it's like him and his crew, and we're hanging out, and it's just this like tiny little green room and they start smoking and we're between shows. And like, if I get high before a show, I'm just useless. So I, I need to, I was like, I need to just get out of here for a little while, get some fresh air. And I'm about to leave. And I'm, as I'm opening the door to the green room to go out into the, uh, the lobby, a guy's walking in and it's Taleb Kweli because it just comes walking in. And I'm like, Oh my God. And like, so I was like, I guess I'm just getting high for the second show. Cause I was like, I'm not missing this. <laughs> and, but like, just picture like Dave Chappelle and Telequali and just like all these cool guys and just me sitting there like, Hey fellas, like, <laughs> you know, that, that's a little overwhelming, man. If you like all these guys, yeah. like it's hard to be yourself, man. Like yeah. that would tighten me up. I'm not a big fan of Talib Kweli. I respect what he does, but you know, even if I'm around the likes of like Chappelle and you know, Chris, that shit's a little too much for me. I just get a little, I am, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say too much. I don't want to say too much. Like, it's just too yep. much. Absolutely. You, you should have, yeah. you should have broken the ice by offering to battle wrap them. <laughs> <laughs> Talib Kweli versus Chip. Yeah. Hey fellas, here we go. <laughs> My name is Chip and I'm here to say, clap along with me guys. Clap along. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, so, um, 
wait, wait, we can't, we can't go and uh, counterclockwise or oh, well, clockwise, Ken. And you're you're not exempt. Who the hell tightened you up? Yeah, Eminem tightened me up. If I, if even if I'm around Chappelle, and I see him every now and then at the club. Like you know, I just feel like I think I, I'm thinking a little too much. I just watch him and enjoy him. Chip said Talib Kweli tightened him up. Who tightened you up? Rich Voss. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, you know, you know who, uh, I one time, this is going to sound dumb. Colin Quinn is one of my all time biggest, uh, comedy heroes. He's the man. Yeah. He's super friendly and personable. So he's not, you can stay loose around him. Yeah. But I didn't, I, so when I met him, I I was a little drunk and I I was doing a spot with him and I just. You were like, Colin! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just started gushing about how much he meant to me and and the show Tough Crowd and And he was like faggot. Yeah, I saw him. I saw it's like you it's like because you forget even like when you're doing this, you I I I still feel like even all these years in, I still feel like a stand-up fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I'm around some of these comics that made me want to do what I do, I'm like, there's no way they see me as a peer, even though I guess I sort of am, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you forget that mindset. But I remember like gushing and him looking like, what the fuck? Ken, didn't you say the same thing happened when you met Jeff Dunham's puppet Peanut? Yeah. Peanut was yeah. a, was a big, I'm a huge Peanut fan. Yeah. Um <laughs> I can't ever imagine it like that, Ken, because you're always cool as a cucumber. Right. Well, around you, because I, I don't respect or care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no threat. <laughs> oh my god. Um Kahuna, uh, anybody ever I, I gotta go, Frank Ken. I can't get it this. <laughs> <laughs> anybody I ever like yeah, totally tripped away. over. <laughs> kind of tripped over. Um, yeah. But it had a great outcome. It was it was Kevin Smith when I first met him. Uh, oh, that's many, many years ago. I, I uh, So I've been a Kevin fan for years, and he had a notification that he was at the Ocean County Mall like five minutes away from me. And I was like, you know what? If there's ever a moment to geek out and try and go meet your hero, I'm going to go do it. And... I'm waiting, so I go there, and I see he's talking to fans already, so I'm, like, waiting for my turn, and his mom is there. This is the person who gave me a hard time. She's like, why are you so fucking nervous? <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, because I admire Kevin. I'm a huge fan. And she's like, don't worry. He's a nice dude. He's a great, he's a great person. And I was coming from his mom. But that's what you got to do. Get in with the mom, yeah. and then you're gold. <laughs> yeah, but then I, then I met Kevin, and it was, it was the best. Nobody in Jorts should ever make anybody nervous. <laughs> hey, man, I that was the reason I went to film school was Clerks. Yeah. So I I was geeking. That's great. And now here you are in Clerks 3. In Clerks 3. Yeah, I know. It's fucking nutty. And Kevin's mom was the one who kind of roasted me a little bit. Was like, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so back to... Uh, Back to who were we talking about? Kanye. Easy. Kanye Easy. Kanye West. Do you? This is. This might sound fucked up, and I've gotten shit for saying this, but I f- kind of feel like he's responsible for his mom's death. And why? Well, but he probably financed it. Well, that's that's the thing. If you're, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in a position where I can finance my mom's plastic surgery. The one thing I'm not doing is sending her to a plastic surgeon in Pennsylvania. I feel like, you know, I, I feel I, like the, I'm the in best Pennsylvania right now. And I wouldn't go to a I, I, right. Like you, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if I'd want to go to a regular doctor in Pennsylvania. Dude, like if hey, you, listen, I'll, if you have I'll Kanye have money, I'll, send her to the best plastic surgeon in New York city. Yeah. It's like, what are you, why are you sending her to East Stroudsburg? There's two things here. One, I'm like, one. Why, do you, why, why are you sending her to Soul Joe's? 
get a plastic surgery done under the fucking tent, under the dome. <laughs> Why are we sending her to Pottstown? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to bring your own uh, operating chair. Yeah, just No, not and, even. Uh, you got to bring your own way, You got to bring your own and, tools. And I'm sorry, like yeah. I, I I the last time I did the dome, I did the underground uh, the under tent yeah. soldier dome. Someone died. Someone OD. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard no that. Way. I told you about that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't do it had nothing to do with the dome, nothing to do with the show. It just happened to be a guy who was on heroin, and I looked to the left, and he was like this, and he was the color of a Simpson. <laughs> oh, my oh God. hell no! <laughs> yeah, dogs. Yeah, hell dogs. No. <laughs> and I was with Casey Aurora, and he was hosting his ass off. He had to get Giannis Papas off stage. Say, we have an emergency. Are there any doctors here? And he's trying to like, you know, preferably from New Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Are are there any out of state doctors here? (laughs) Yeah, right. right. He's trying to manage the situation. He goes ahead and goes, hey, listen, we have someone who's very ill. We have a paramedics or, you know, anyone who can assist. Also, I have a a new album for sale. It's very easy. You can use this QR code. I was like, yo, dirtbag shit. All right. Well, l- luckily the hospital train came past. I, <laughs> I want to, all right. I know we're getting off topic, but. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So no, Kanye, no, no. It's, you, I, you I have. Was, you think it was Kanye's fault? I, I, I think sending your mom to a Pennsylvania doctor may have been the first mistake. And maybe, like, maybe she did it on her own. Like, why was that even? Like, it's not like they either of them lived right there, right? I mean, in that area. Was she still what in What kind Chicago of surgery was it? It I don't know. I know it was it was plastic surgery and then it was she, a liposuction and a breast reduction. Wow. At fifty eight, you're getting smaller titties. So like what So it was the anesthesia that did it to her, right? She died she died the day after. Yeah, it was like mm. uh complications. It, it it was it was like a heart attack or something due to complications from the surgery. Yeah, I thought about I, I thought about that too. Uh and, and I was yeah, I mean he might harbor some serious guilt. And if he didn't get any help to pull those layers back, go to third it's not his fault. But we made back, you know, sometimes you make a decision without knowing, you know. I mean, that could have happened anywhere. You know, and like to and to a certain extent, depending on what type of surgery it was, like you know, some people think just like, oh, it's plastic surgery. She's getting like a little something done. Like it's oh, it's not a big deal. It's outpatient or yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it was outpatient. Oh, it wasn't like, in Pennsylvania. Oh. It wasn't in Pennsylvania. No, it was in L.A. This oh. the tragedy prompted California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, still fucking weird, to tighten cosmetic surgery laws with Donda with the Donda West Act. Why did I think it was in Pennsylvania? Well, uh, she, maybe she lived can. out there. Can can we just? Go back and edit uh, this entire episode out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Kanye, who? <laughs> and you said it with such confidence, too. I, I said like, it with yeah. such confidence. Uh, I have... And then you were arrogant about it, too. He's like, yeah. why would he send his mother? Well, two pets over. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Boy, you had a little sh- a head shake, too, like this. Boy, yeah. like Tucker from Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> God, boy, Ken really pulled a Donda on that one. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, uh, look, it's not the first time I'm going to be fucking wrong. What, what do you want for you're listening to a free podcast? You haven't paid a dollar for this. How much? Re- fuck you. If you got a problem with this. But that like that is such a shame, too, because it's like you. I, I mean, I don't know, but you would think that like, okay, it's plastic surgery. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. It's just a procedure. And then, you know, and then that happens. Yeah. I'm, there's gotta be some guilt to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's easier. Like, you know, in, in hindsight, you're like, oh yeah, you should have, but it's like, maybe like, oh yeah, she's just getting a little thing done, you know? And she's damn. Yeah. She might've been very pushy about it. My wife went had so she went to, my wife went to Prague to get her lens removed to get artificial lens. So she can see better. And now she has a sparkle in her eye all the time, 24-7. But she went to a foreign country. And yeah. I just yeah, other, the child. Yeah, because other countries have better health 
services like that. Like, like you have to, like, I forgot what exactly the country is, but you can, I think it's Brazil has the best dental care where it's like, you can go there and get like, you can go there and get like major, major work done for nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. Like, and be out within a day. All you have to do is pay. Yeah. All you got to do is just pay for the, the trip down there, which is insane. But yeah, I'm, I, I thought it was something much more major than like a, t- a tummy tuck. And yeah, a, no, it was like a routine. It was a routine thing. I mean, life is just not fair because then you get a woman named Destiny from the Bronx who gets her asshole filled, her <laughs> ass filled with fucking flat fix, and she's fucking living a, lux- a luxurious life at flash dances, twerking, and making it clap with all her hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, life is not fair, Ken. And you know, and, and you know who financed that was probably like Vinny from Naughty by Nature. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which, by the way, Vinny has very short arms. He's like a little T Rex. Did you notice that? <laughs> I, I actually met Vinny him. Vinny is like your height, but he has Bushwick uh, Bill arms. I. I <laughs> I actually met him at a Russell Peters show, but I didn't notice his arms. I was too busy staring at his dick. <laughs> his third arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is amazing that we, I was like, how are we going to fill, how are we only going to spend an hour on Kanye? And it turns out that we can't even. <laughs> well, oh, let me ask you guys this. What's your favorite Kanye album? My my favorite is, but again, you know, I haven't I haven't heard all of them, but I always I always dug 808s and Heartbreak. You know, so did I. I mean, because it's it's different and it's weird. I, I enjoy that one too. Mine was my beautiful twist of dark fantasy, which was named album of the decade. So um So you're right. Yeah, I'm right, you guys are wrong. No, I believe yeah. your album, your album dropped in 2008 though. So Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I just like the production on it. He had uh, some dope features on it. It kind of told a story, and it was just it's, it's a, a classic album. I mean, it's timeless. You can still listen to it now, 12 years later, and it sounds like something that, you know, dropped six hours ago. Wow. What do you think about well, this? Go ahead. Speaking of six hours ago, we should talk about what his current project is. Fucking with Pete so, Davidson's life? Well, what? fucking with Pete Davidson and also his new collaboration. Oh, with... Uh... Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. Manson. Yeah. yeah. To me, to me of all the like all the people, the most of the shit that he does to me is entertaining. And I, I have no love for Pete Davidson. So it's, it's kind of funny. So the fact that he calls him skeet Davidson, I don't know why yeah. that makes Kanye's a little bit like Trump where I'm like, Oh, the, the fucking again, this guy's always in the news. I'm so sick of him. And then he'll come out with like one tweet or one thing where I'm like, I can't stay mad at this goofball. I still love yeah, him. Yeah. Also, like, you know, people are talking about this horrific video where he's like, you know, he murders Pete Davidson. And I'm, I, so I decided to watch. I was like, all right, I'm bracing myself. This is going to be bad. And it's fucking claymation. Like, How can you get mad <laughs> at claymation? Like, this is rank and bass shit. You know, it's like, oh, just, yeah, Rudolph just peed on John Lovitz. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Another <laughs> SNL character. Yeah. Oh is, is the name of that song easy with the game? Yes. Or yeah. is it another song? Yeah. It's e- I think it's easy. easy. Yeah. Okay, but check this out. Game, the game, the rapper, mm-hmm. he came out with a song like five years ago when Kanye and Kim were still together talking about choking Kim Kardashian and spitting in her mouth while he was having sex with her. Oh, and really? the game never responded to that. I mean, Kanye, Kanye never Kanye responded never to that. And now he's wow. making music. Right? It's very odd to me. The game is known for that. He's a loose cannon. He goes after all the rappers or whatever. But it's funny to me that you can make a song with a guy like that who well, talked yeah. about your wife that way. Kanye Kanye seems to only want to fight children. You're like he only picks on ki- like kids, like uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Billie Eilish. This thing with Billie Eilish is. Did you you know you guys know what I'm talking about? No, remind me. So uh, they had that. You, you all those people died at the Travis Scott concert, right? And then Billie Eilish has a concert recently and somebody in the crowd's having an asthma attack. And,
and she stops the concert and tells people to clear out of the person's way. And somebody from her team got the kid an inhaler. And so she pauses the concert for a few minutes and then starts again. And she says, I care about my fans. That's all she says. Yeah. To which Kanye took as a direct dig on Travis Scott. He took it as like a direct insult. She never even says Travis Scott's name. And so Kanye's headlining one night of Coachella and Billie Eilish is headlining another night of Coachella. And Kanye West says, until she issues a public apology to Travis Scott, I'm pulling out of I'm pulling out of Coachella. Oh, wow. Which seems like a fucked up thing to do for like, what's she like a 19 year old girl? And all she did was stop and make sure one of her fans didn't die. Yeah. What did Kanye say? Yeah. You know, and that's probably all due to his, to his illness, because it seems like in your subconscious or even the back of your mind, you may think that, right. But you might be rational and be, and and say to yourself, I'm overthinking it or you know, the logic is like, it, it's not worth the energy, but I have a feeling with someone, and I think he's been uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I think what happens is you act on those, that's an impulse thought, right? It's like a thought and then you act on it and it is, you just go on and on about it. Yeah. And I think these are these episodes we're seeing because what's interesting, kind of like conspiracy theorists, is like, you know, you think about it, but you know, we don't give it too much attention and give it too much water and we don't water the yeah. garden too much. Yeah. But there's a nugget of truth. Or there's like a little bit of truth in it that kind of allows you to like entertain it, but you don't go super hard. And I think yeah. because of his disorder, cause that's what you see now, like as of late, he just goes all in and then it becomes like an absolute mess. Like, listen, even the whole interaction that he had with Trump, you know, listen, there's some, there's sometimes that I say, I, I, looked, I, I think to myself, I'm like, Yo, I think Trump is hilarious. And I don't like Trump. Yeah. Or he'll say something. I'm like, I kind of agree with that, you know? But <laughs> I won't go and tell and go to Trump and you're my father. You're like my long lost father. And I have, you know, like right. you know, it was like super hard. And I think that's this disorder promoting. It's like the catalyst to him going through the roof with this shit. You know? Yeah. And no one's doing anything about it. Like, there's nobody. I mean, I guess he's a he, grown man, he, right? He, he, but he lost the one person that would be like, hey, pump the brakes. Yeah. Who was that? You, his, 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 mo- his, his mom. mom. His mother. Yeah, right. Because Kim is not doing Kim it. Kim didn't yeah. seem like she was doing much. To, I mean, look, he decided running for president would be a good idea with Kim. So, so does anyone know that bipolar, does that surface? I, w- I would imagine that that's something that you uh, experience early on, but is it your, your teens or, or your 20s? Because he, it seems well, like it, it came out pretty much late in his life. Because, yeah, schiz- like schizophrenia is something that usually presents itself later, like in your teens, your 20s or so. Bipolar can – I think it can hit – it can definitely sort of hide under the radar and be diagnosed later in life, but I think it usually hits pretty early from yeah. what I understand. Usually I it hits pretty hard in, like, the teen – in, like, your teens – but yeah. it, it, in adulthood, Kanye was like, what, almost it, late 30s, early 40s yeah. when he was diagnosed? Mm-hmm. And, and we don't know, you know, it's kind of like, we don't know how there might be. So put it like this, it, to put it in perspective, when Mike Tyson, he was mentally ill and he will fight. But he, the, this is what I was, I've, I've heard from numerous sources, like articles and stuff. When he will fight, he will be medicated. And yeah, I've heard that. it took a little zing out of him. But prior to the, the fights, they didn't have him on the medication. He would have these wild interviews that would actually sell the fight. But during the fight, they would medicate him. So he, yeah, you know, and not as creative in the ring. You know, that might happen to Kanye. I mean, this guy's a creative, you know, dude who just wants to let that shit out. I mean, imagine how frustrating that is. Like, you have enough sense to know that uh, I can compose this, but because of this medication, I can't, you know, I mean, it might be, he might be dealing with that shit. So he'd rather be off the medication, but then he acts out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. There could be something to that. It's, I go back and forth uh, between thinking like, oh, he's mentally ill. And then other times I'm like, I think he's just kind of an asshole. 
But then I'm like, well, I guess it could be a little it, bit of it, both. It could, it could be both, right? Like Chip brought this up before. Wait, I want to read you this. This shit with Marilyn Manson is really up. Like that's where I'm like, what the fuck is this dude? Because Marilyn problem? Manson is, is a known abuser. Marilyn yeah, Manson is. He's a I piece mean, yeah, of shit. women have He's... come out the woodworks, like, yeah, one after another, yeah, yeah, for yeah, years too, for years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he chooses to work, and now when he comes out with uh Donda and has the listening party, he comes out with uh the baby who made those homophobic remarks, and Marilyn Manson, who is a known abuser, and he's dismissing collaborating with Marilyn Manson who who wrote a song and he's used his samples on Donda and then I I don't I think they had plans for him to be on Donda too but I don't know I don't I mean, know I think it's if, still planning on happening yeah I yeah um here this is so this is what so when they ask when they ask Kanye about it uh, about Marilyn Manson whose real name by the way is Brian Warner like what a that's hilarious yeah did you oh Sergio you ever seen the pictures of him wait uh Kahuna pull up the picture of of him in the marching band did you ever see that Sergio school shooter from the Midwest (laughs) did you ever see that uh it's amazing is him in the marching band yeah, he was yeah. like in the marching band in high school. Maybe it's maybe it's taken off. But let me let me read you this what uh what Kanye says about collaborating with Marilyn Manson. When I sit next to Marilyn Manson and the baby right after both of them got canceled for five songs, you know, it's like they can't cancel us all. Somebody will hit you with the accusations of somebody who you was with 10 years ago. And also There's women who've been through really serious things, pulled in alleys against their will. That's different than a hug, but it's classified as the same thing. First off, nobody's been coming out of the woodworks to be like, Marilyn Manson uh, inappropriately hugged me once. No. Like, this is, all right. We're talking talking about chain and beating and slavery. Like, he had like sex slaves. Yep, here. Four women have filed civil lawsuits against Warner, accusing him of rape, physical assault, and cruel punishment, such as being confined in a small soundproof enclosure and listening to his albums. Um, <laughs> I No, I threw that in. Warner reportedly called uh, a soundproof enclosure. It, it was like a little recording studio the size of a closet, and it was soundproof, and he would lock them in there because it was soundproof. So they could scream for days and nobody would hear them. Uh, And he called it the bad girl's room. That's where he would send you for punishment. Many of his ex-girlfriends have claimed uh, Manson's alleged abuse left them with crippling depression, anxiety, and PTSD. So, like, that's not... Like, sometimes you get canceled because you're a piece of shit who should be canceled. And uh, that like for everything, people are like, oh, my God, he's he's bullying Pete Davidson. And it's like, I don't know. The Marilyn Manson is the only thing that upsets. I, I, I guess everyone's different with their with their experiences in life. Are you able to uh, are you able to uh, separate the artists from their, their dirtbag actions? Uh, it, or it I, depends I, on the severity it of depends. it. Because I can still listen to Michael Jackson. It de- without a thought in the world about little baby buttholes. <laughs> like, there's not a thought in my mind. There's not like one butthole that walks by my, my head. Same thing with R. Kelly. I'm not a big fan of R. Kelly, but he committed the same shit, like, along the lines of Marilyn Manson. Like, it's, mm-hmm. and, I could, and I lost my virginity to R. Kelly. So, like, that holds a special place in my heart. I lost my virginity to Seems Like You're Ready. And I was ready. <laughs> I was 18 years old ready. And I did it with, with got boxes on those plaid. They're my best boxes. <laughs> so you know, it's perspective. You know, like there's a lot of people out there who grew up listening to Marilyn Manson. They're like, "Fuck that shit, man." <laughs> uh, I I think something has to do with like when it comes to the art and the artist. Like I think like past stuff doesn't bother me. So, so like Michael Jackson in the past, like I can listen. Like Thriller was out in the world before any of that stuff was out there, at least publicly. So you're like, yeah, Thriller great you know if but if it's like if marilyn manson not that i'm a marilyn manson fan but if marilyn manson puts out a new album oh, like yeah. I, I i'd almost forgive somebody for listening to marilyn manson's 90s stuff but if they if he put out a new album listening to it now like i that i think so i think that's the difference for some people is like the past is the past and then 
Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I think I'll, that's the difference. I'll admit to being uh, like a full hypocrite on this question because I can separate the art from the artist when I really like the art. Yeah. I right. mean, so it's really like right? R. Kelly. I'm like, oh, fuck him. Nobody, you, you should never play that because I don't like it and it doesn't affect me. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? I don't like his shit either. Right? I thought he was super overrated, but there's a diehard R. Kelly. Like, there's people, people out there. I mean, it is amazing to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. he would give their kids up. Like, yes. There was women who gave up because he would take them. Who were like, here, yeah. take the kid and make a new CD for me. <laughs> <laughs> so but People like yeah but like if that shit came out like about keith richards i would be like well hold on you know he's got a side too and right i'm not what am i gonna stop listening to exile on main street because <laughs> keith peed on a 15 year old girl no way so i'm, I'm just pr- i'm just praying that uh Nobody gets outed from the cast of the Big Bang Theory. That's what I'm just I'm just praying. <laughs> I can't lose I can't lose it. The uh the transition from Kanye to Trumper, that was wild, right? Like how do you yeah. go from like do you remember that iconic moment uh during the the Sandy uh fundraiser where Kanye is like George George Bush doesn't care about black people. Oh which sure. by the way, uh Mike Myers reaction where like oh, you, he's not really listening so he like nods and then processes what just happened and turn yeah it's one of the best reaction videos you, you'll ever see in your life it's the look on mike myers face is amazing what, what year was that was that like 2010 or maybe it was a little later what uh kahuna what year was sandy because it was oh five. Uh, no, no, it was, no, Katrina, it was Katrina. I'm sorry. It was like oh five, oh five, oh six. I thought, like that, yeah. I thought that she died in Pennsylvania. You think I'm scared to fuck up a hurricane name? Um. So in the midst of all this, it's just interesting to me that he comes out with classic albums. So in 2004, it's his debut album, College Dropout. It's you know, it's it has long uh, interludes where there's, there's, I think he has Bernie Mac on it. He has some comedians on it. Uh, it's, it's it's a funny album. It's, yeah. You know, the essence of it is, uh, you know, I, I, I'm i chasing my dreams. I'm going to be who I want to be. And then he got 2005. He has late registration, which he collaborates with a lot of, a lot of other producers. And, 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 you know, you start to see like weird shit going on. Graduation is 2007. That's a dope ass album, too. Now, I'm not going to go into like each individual track, but their collaborative efforts with the best rappers at the time and the production is like a hundred percent him. And it's like a soulful album. These albums pop like during that time, his albums are just outshining. Then he comes out with your, your, the, the, yeah. your favorite album, 808, which is radically different from those previous al- albums. And he sets the tone. Yeah. 808, a lot of people will start using that shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. He changes the game. Not only does he do that musically, but he does it with fashion. You know, people are like, oh, you know, we're not going to, you know, listen to this guy with fashion. But he got $10,000 T-shirts that are flying off the fucking, and they look like rags. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what, that that shit blows my mind. That, that those years. Yeah, I mean, his shoes are ugly. They're, they're the they're ugliest shit. They got holes. They, they mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like somebody uh, filled in Crocs and put them in a freezer like it's my my nephew has them and I was looking at and I swear I had no idea they were Yeezys and I was like oh like uh, do you have a problem with your like they look like orthotics or something yeah yeah and he was yeah, like he was no, like and they're overpriced they're five hundred dollars yeah they're five hundred dollars you know there's like men my age who are like oh those are the Yeezys <laughs> <laughs> and they look they, no, they look like it looks like a, a shark fin that's been chewed up by guppies yeah by yeah. other aggressive fish they look like a shark fin that's chewed up by other animals yeah or they yeah they or they look like a cross i don't know like like frankenstein shoes yeah like that? if you had to if if you're wearing shoes to go with your stay puff marshall marshmallow man <laughs> outfit those are yeah. perfect <laughs> So then he got a collaborative. I mean, he got my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy classic, which which is my favorite. Watch the Throne with Jay Z. You know that was a, 
a, a good album. Then Yeezus, which is a, an interesting album because on Yeezus, it's 2013. I believe he starts, he, he has a Kim Kardashian and one of the music videos mm -hmm. called Bounded. And in this album, he has like a very punk rock theme to it. It's a lot of like, like heavy guitars and it's a very different album. Yeah. He has a, a yeah, song that, on there called Black one. Skinhead. Yeah. Um, and then he does a kind he, he does a, you know, moving forward, he got Life of Pablo, he got Ye Ye. One of my other favorite albums is Kids See Ghosts. And that's an album that reflects on his mental illness. It's a short album. It's like 30 minutes long. And he collaborated with Kid Cudi. Yep. And it's a very positive album. It's like it's probably his most positive piece of work. So he goes from Yeezus, Life of Pablo, which are very self-indulgent albums. They're like drug-filled, talking about, you know, ravaging, you know, women, you know, and just like consume, consumption, consumption. Then Ye talks about his mental, you know, instability, but kids see ghosts. It's almost like, how do I repair this? How do I get my mind right? And it's a beautiful album. Like, if you, if you guys haven't listened to it, it's a I haven't heard it, yeah. Like, they talk about it in part three. And I remember, th and Kid and Kid Cudi's like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, this is, he said the same thing. He's like, oh, this is a really positive album. It's about... Uh, like dying and death and mental illness. And I'm like, how is that super positive? You and me got two different <laughs> yeah. Positive. I think it's a very honest album. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, and he says that, you know, Kanye was on that braggadocious shit. And I, I'm just, that's not where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and meanwhile, but through all this, they said something which I didn't know in the documentary. Dude has nine consecutive number one albums. What? Oh my God. Nine consecutive number one albums. So he's clearly, he, he's ahead of the trends. He's doing, I mean, all of this, you know, if people say all of this publicity is hurting him, but it, it clearly isn't. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you make of this, uh, like Sunday service and Jesus is King? Like he, he's, it's like, I like, is he really, like a good, like it feels to me like a good Christian doesn't trot Marilyn Manson out, right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm not really for it. It seems disingenuous. Anytime I see something Kanye's doing creatively nowadays, I unfortunately go for man, this dude is having a hell of a public spiral because he's doing these things that, despite being awful, like working with Marilyn and and saying these things about pete because he's just with kim kardashian yeah. like that's a hell like that's a hell of a way to experience mental health issues in a public eye in a public and, forum and there. still have things go number one number two like everything goes right when it shouldn't and it's but this shit with pete though it's like he's rapping about what's happening in his life yeah, and and that's what rapper rap, that's what rappers always did. Yeah, I get that in a capacity, but like he's just mad because he's it's somebody's with Kim and it's not him. Yeah, like yeah, it's it, 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 it it's really petty. is stalking and it's yeah. dangerous. Like yeah. the, you know, it's dangerous. Like this dude um, is doing things that is like really, really like not good. Like he moved across the street from Kim Kardashian yeah. to to keep an eye on her quote. I think that that's what he had said, sent a truck full of roses to his, to her house and shit like, like weird, weird, like manipulative and controlling things. And I'll say this again with media. Look how we, we, we get information, right? It's constantly thrown at us like darts. We get bits and pieces of it. Some, some of the information we get, whether it's political, political or, you know, uh, entertainment wise, there's some things that sit with us that allow us to feel like, oh, I can make sense of this and move the fuck on. But it's not always the right information. What I'm saying is I've heard the same thing about the truck full of roses, the house. But I don't know that for sure. I don't yeah. know that for sure. Someone could have wrote a great article on that. Another person. Yeah, that's it. And, and you know, now we're sharing that. I, I, I do believe it. I would I would believe it, given, you know, his actions as of yet. But also, I wouldn't be surprised. If we we talk about how there's a you know, there's an idea 
right, of moving forward and promoting. Let me tell you something. You think if Pete Davidson dropped a special out, it would have been the number one special? You think if Kim dropped yeah. something, it would have been number one again? And they're known for this. They're all yes. – Kim Kardashian is known for being a, 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 a G- – and I have to use this word, like a genius well, – Keeping herself relevant yes. and, and 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 promoting stuff. And Kanye has done it for years. I would not be surprised. And I repeat, I wouldn't be surprised if this is all a staged event and yeah. they're fucking they're breaking bread at the end of the day. I would not be surprised. Yeah, that's you a know, that's a good I don't think that's the case, but it, you're right. Like I, I I probably wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, remember when uh Kim got held at gunpoint and robbed in Paris? Yeah. Everybody was like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was staged that for was ratings. Yeah. I mean, it turns out that it wasn't. Right. But you're right. Like n- nothing nothing would surprise me. When right. you keep crying wolf, nobody's going to come and the and the thing is, so people are like, well, he needs to not talk about Pete Davidson. Do you think if Pete Davidson drops a special tomorrow, there's no mention of any of this in it? Or is he of talking course. open and honestly about his life? No, I mean, I think if he's a true comic, yeah. you don't, you fucking, you have to address the elephant in the room. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we know that as yeah. comics, like imagine me, you know, there's, there's fucking someone taking a shit on the side of the stage. And I'm just like, oh my God, so I have a pit bull. And, uh, <laughs> You know, it's a rescue. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever the fuck I'm doing. You know, right. like you gotta address it. That's you know, art, music, comedy alike. It's a recording of the times. Yeah, so you have to fucking address it. And in yeah. fact, I think it would be. I think I think Pete should do it. You know, I mean, I think it would be. Uh, a, a, it would create a good dialogue. You know, entertainment wise, and if you wanna, I think I think it'd be great. Yeah, Not just yeah. entertainment wise, just like being publicly ridiculed by a man you did nothing to. I would love to hear his perspective on it. The, the only reason the only reason why people give a shit so much because so many people are hearing about it. But like Ken, you said it you said it rappers and entertainers have been behaving like this for years. It's yeah. just that Kanye is so big. Right. Like there's a bunch of assholes who behave this way. It's this the, the mainstream media has taken a hook to it because of his superstardom. You know yeah, right. but they've been behaving like I know Joe Smoles who behave this way, who are assholes, who you know, who are emotionally involved. But yeah, it's a lot of talk now because the mainstream media has got hooked on it, which is my least favorite part about. Oh, I don't really care that much about it. it. Doesn't bother me as much as about. I know some people are like, but I, I really am a guy who like I'm interested in the music before that personally. I really don't care. And I saw a guy who's very close with, with, with Pete, and it, Pete seems indifferent. Yeah. Towards all of it. I've heard oh, sure. I'm, I'm from two separate people who know him who say he's kind of like whatever. Yeah. Which is, by the way, which is the best revenge because yeah. Kanye's got to be going out of his mind that he can't even get a reaction. Get a response. Yeah. I think that's the best sort of revenge you yeah. can get on him. Pete's yeah. like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to delete my Instagram. So right. I, I don't even have the temptation to, yeah. to say something. Yeah. Which, although you know, I mean, and also Pete is, you know, and he's pu- public about this, has his own mental right. illness, mm-hmm. you know. So he, you know, we, if we think about it too much, you know, we wonder how this is triggering and shit. Yeah. You know, with all this talk about mental illness, I feel like I'm mentally ill. How about that? <laughs> Just like with all this talk about racism, sometimes I'm like, I think I'm racist now. Well, now, now you're Portuguese. You're allowed now you're to Portuguese, be Portuguese. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm definitely just... racist then. I think I'm better than every black people. I hang out with the Argentine. <laughs> well, shit, maybe I should have Puerto, Re- Puerto Rican mutts. <laughs> All right. On that note, Sergio, you had a good time today? Oh, man, I had a blast. Man. Dude, thanks so much for coming on again. This, this has been great. Thank, yeah, thank, thank you, you, guys. This is a blast. Uh, wh- I love this show. Where, where, uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, at, you know, the website has all the dates on the road, uh, SergioChicone.com. And I have a podcast that Ken has been on a couple of times. They're great episodes. It's called a DBS podcast. I DBS love doing it. Acronym great. For, for it's a great podcast. Yeah, I got a podcast. Um, but unlike you guys, you guys have a niche or is a niche. Yeah. I don't know. A niche. And I think yours has more control. Mine kind of goes all over the place. But it's fun. It's positive. It's a little gritty. Very New York. It's fun. So sign on in. Well, Chip, we, we, you and I have actually picked up fans through my appearance on uh, Sergio's podcast. I've had, pe- oh, I've, had great. I've had people message me. I heard you, awesome. yeah, I heard you on DBS, and uh, you were talking about Suge Knight and loved it. And I had a couple people that were like, "We're we're subscribers and fans now." 
So oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank, thank, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sergio. Chip, uh, you got anything coming up? Uh, just April 1st in Philly. You can find it all on uh, at Chip Chantry on Instagram and Twitter. How about you, Ken? Uh, By the way, I love Philly. Oh, yeah? I yeah, love, every time I go out there, I have a great time. It's the best. Where do, you, like where, do you like to, where do you like to hang in Philly? I, I, well, I just like the shows. And I, I, I always got caught up with the, the sports part of it. Yes. I'm kind of like a big sports guy. But I wasn't like, oh, they're probably assholes. That's maybe conditioned. But there's oh, nothing yeah. like that. They're comedy fans and they come out and they're fucking dope. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. Well, yeah. that's that's the thing is, as somebody who grew up like a fan of everything New York, I've been conditioned to hate Philly and Eagles fans. And I still do. But I have to begrudgingly admit every time I go to do stand up in Philly, the crowds are fucking great. They're fucking great. The comics in Philly are fucking great. There's a really great scene out there with really strong comics. It's a tight You're scene. Right about yeah. That. yeah. And I have every time I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I know it's Philly, but I just had so much fun. And like, I won't admit it to relatives. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fuck Philly. But also like, oh, I can't wait to go back. Yeah. Um, You can uh, you can see me uh, Saturday, March 19th. Uh, at Atlantic City Comedy Club. Nice. I'm headlining. And come see an hour. Come see an hour of this bullshit. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, and follow us at uh, at Rock and Roll Pod and and tweet at us. Tell us what you want us to cover. And Sergio, we'll uh, we'll definitely have you back. All, yeah, always man. love I'm catching up with you. On. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. All right. Yeah. We'll see you next week. All right. Take, Take care, guys. Everybody.